You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K23. How was your weekend, BJ? Woo! You know, Bo, I'm so... I'm conflicted right now, Bo. I think that's the best word. Okay. It's August. Mm-hmm. And there's NBA news mm-hmm. every day. Mm. News. In, it's a stretch of the word news. Shams is out here leaking schedule updates as if it's a news story. <laughs> like the games aren't going to get played anyway. <laughs> I'm waiting for American football to begin to lead off our, you know, our, our news. Where does that begin? It's already started. They've started NFL. the preseason. Okay. okay. NFL. And every day the NBA is heading up stories. They're leading off the stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what is going on here? It is truly now in headlines, the NBA year round. It's that's right. And it's, uh it's, we name we may not be on the court, you but we're, we're talking about the NBA. You finally I'm figuring realized. you up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, for you guys listening, if you want to make your own headlines, hit the link in our description and pre-order NBA 2K23, where you can be the star of the show. You can be a player, a GM, a coach, whatever you want to be, you can live that reality. But today, we are once again breaking down one of the NBA's 30 teams and how their off-season went. Now, before we do that, we've got some news, you know, as always, BJ's referring to the news. And uh, they were talking about Kevin Durant being closer to retiring than ever playing for the Nets again, per Brian Windhorst of ESPN. And this is one thing I respect about Kevin Durant, because most players don't really use social media like to interact with the fans, right? They usually have someone from the agency handling it, or they only use Instagram or, do you know what I mean? KD is on the Twitter timeline. He's active. He don't care. No filter. So when Brian Windhorst came out here and said KD was rather retired than play for the Brooklyn Nets, KD came out and said, well, that's just not true. I don't know who the hell you're talking to about retiring. That's just not true. Which I respect because I feel like more players need to call out the fake quote unquote sources. You know, we spoke about this last week when we were talking about the Ben Simmons leaks and stuff like that. So with KD not wanting to retire quite clearly, they're still in trade talks. They talk about the Celtics, the Raptors and whoever. But one team I think could put together a sneaky good package would be the New Orleans Pelicans. And the New Orleans Pelicans are the team we're going to be talking about today. You like that segue, how I went all the way through. I I do like that. But here, I'm uh, again, I I think I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted today. I know Brian Winhurst. Mm -hmm. And I know many of these people reporting, I say that, reporting the news. Yes. (laughs) I'm. In my experience, I have a hard time thinking that Brian Winhurst would just report the news without getting that information from somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not saying from KD, it's accurate. I'm not saying it's accurate. 
But if it's someone close to the source says that. So someone in the Nets organization. It could have been the Nets. It could be in KD's camp. It wasn't KD's camp. Because otherwise KD wouldn't hop on Twitter and tell them that he's lying. All I'm telling you is these people are getting this information from somewhere. And if they are, then my question to you very quickly Uh is if it's being reported, someone close or or they they can even report that they're close to the to the source. What's your responsibility to report that? Yeah, we're in a, a weird place now with media because you hear one thing from one person, you hear one thing from another person, it all kind of conflicts. And the only way to really find out is going to the player directly in question themselves. You know, last week we're talking about Ben Simmons. If you had just asked Ben Simmons, did you leave the group chat? He probably wouldn't have replied, probably wouldn't have given you a straight answer. But KD, this is why I was saying I respect him, is he just hopped on the timeline to set the record straight so that there's no confusion, there's no back and forth, there's these reports are false. I don't know why you're listening to quote unquote sources. It's a leverage play from, I don't know who gets the leverage out of that deal saying that Katie would rather retire than, you know, maybe it's his agent or his manager or something, but then surely they would have discussed that move with Kevin Durant. So I don't know what's going on with this. I think maybe it's the Brooklyn Nets trying to rush some of the other teams because they know that they could long this out. There's teams out there that could see how their season's going. And then if it's not going up stretch, then they can move, make a move KD. Maybe it's the net saying, trying to get teams to hurry up by saying he's going to stop playing if he's not traded by September or October. Who knows? Maybe. Who knows? Maybe knows. But I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. And it's interesting. You know, I've, seen, I've seen quite a few approaches to the media. Mm-hmm. Let's say that. And. But maybe I'm not looking hard enough and maybe I'm naive, but I have a hard time believing that. When you reach a certain level, there comes with some level of responsibility more to reporting the news. I'm not saying it's accurate. But. If you hear it, what's your responsibility if you reached out to the source, the source doesn't respond back. Now, are you responsible for reporting that or do you just let it go? Because I think it's a cop out to just say sources. I think at the at, you should put a source, a league source, a source in the organization, a source in Kevin Durant's camp. Because then at least there's some way of narrowing down where it's from. Because I, you can just say anything you want and say sources say. There's zero accountability. But if he had come out and said a source in Kevin Durant's camp says that the how many time All-Star is more likely to retire than play next season, then, okay, so it's someone in Kevin Durant's team. Or if you came out and said a source close to the Brooklyn Nets said they feel like Kevin Durant is going to more likely retire than play this season with the Nets, then you have but some more, level of accountability then there. You wouldn't have any, but then you won't have any inside information. There will be no more insiders. <laughs> There is insiders. They're just doing bidding for owners and GMs. It's just leveraging the media. There's no, 
inside. Think about how many deals actually happen that the media has no idea about. If these insiders were really as inside as they say, they would have all the deals. The truth is, they just beg it off general managers and whoever and whoever, please give me information, please give me information. And then teams will give you information because they want to be looking good in the media. If you read the, the when certain people announce certain things, there's some people, there's some players that will be announced as, according to his agent, name of agency, this player is signing with this team. Because the agency wants good PR and publicity. So they're saying, yeah, okay, we'll tell you where he's signing. Just make sure you include the name of our agency in the tweet. Or you're going to have sometimes when they tweet out information, this player, nine-time All-Star, career-high percentage this year has been traded. You're trying to make that player look good. So it's just doing favors for people back and forth. The interest has never really been giving fans information. You're just doing the bidding of agents and general managers. Am I saying, is it getting too real now, BJ? Should I stop saying this? Well, is it getting too I, real I for think, them? Well, I, I think our audience, it's come down to the age old question now of how news is reported. Mm. So we are living in an age where journalism no longer exists. Mm hmm. But we love getting the information first. Because you know what's really funny to me is when I'm, when it, I would always laugh at, especially the younger agents in our office. Whenever a certain person reports anything, <laughs> everyone's phone goes off. Yep. All around the, the world. Same exact, exactly. So it's not about the accuracy of what you're talking about it's about being first being first and, and that, that to me is what's really going on because companies that cover the sport who pay billions of dollars mm -hmm. billions of dollars they are competitive and they want to get that information first absolutely and that to me is what's really going on in sports. And around the draft, we saw a lot of these guys deleting tweets very quickly because they would say, this team has picked this player before the, it's actually announced in a draft. And then they delete it because they realized that's not what happened. Or this player is side with this team in free agency. Oh no, I've got to delete it real quick. It, the, the cracks are starting to show. Okay, that's all I'm going to say on... Okay, I think we agree on that. Okay, well, but, we but anyway, off. great. Speaking of perfect segues, we're talking about Katie and the Brooklyn Nets, and I was mentioning the Pelicans as a place that I think could put together a nice trade package. Here's some news leaked by our friend Shams Trainian. Notable opener on NBA schedule: New Orleans at Brooklyn, October nineteenth. Sources tell me, and at Will Gulrai, the Pelicans be right for the Athletic, featuring the regular season returns of All Stars Zion Williamson and Ben Simmons. So we're going to move away from the Nets. We'll talk about them later this week. Let's talk about the New Orleans Pelicans, as we've been doing over the past few weeks, breaking down the off-seasons. And as always, I'll give you the rundown of who they've lost and who they've gained. Gary Clark, Jared Harper, Tony Snell, they're their free agents, currently free agents. They added Dyson Daniels uh, with the number eighth pick in a draft from the GD Ignite. And of course, they re-signed Zion Williamson to a contract extension that we've discussed on the show before with the incentives for playing games and injuries, etc. So New Orleans are really running it back. They made some moves at a trade deadline last year, you know, CJ McCollum's there. And 
they looked really quite good in the play-in and playoffs. You know, I think Phoenix got a scare in that first round. Their team's looking pretty deep. Their starting five is looking very strong, especially if Zion can do what we know he's capable of doing. What's your predictions for the Pelicans this season? Do you think they're going to rise above that kind of sixth seed that you need to get a guaranteed playoff spot? So I do. Based on what they accomplished last season, conventional thinking would have that the Pelicans should begin, especially with the addition of Zion, you would think that the the Pelicans have reached the upper echelon of the Western Conference. And I agree with that. When you add a talent, an all-star caliber talent like Zion, you would think that that would propel you to the next level. However, I would beg to differ. They're going to have to figure out how to play. Yes. And the reason being is because now they're going to have to figure out the pecking order of this team. So now with Zion back in the fold, who do you go to for a knee, for a knee play? For like end of, end of the game situation. Yes. Yeah, bucket. Yes. That, that's going to be Bradley Ingram. That's going to be Bradley Ingram. Okay. Now, at some point, you got to believe oh, that oh, Zion. CJ as well. CJ's there too. And he's the well, older the, player, the, so he might even demand the, it. Okay. The, the, and these are the things... And then you would say, well, what's the point of having Zion back? He was the number one pick in the draft. So I think this team, maybe like the first 40 games or so, I think they will hover, which to me is no sign of them not getting it together. It's just they got to figure some things out because when you have three scores like that, and no lead guard that's going to initiate the ball, okay? They don't have a real true point guard. Yeah. And you have three scores. That's going to take some adjustment. You don't, you don't just insert 20, 25 points back into your lineup and then every and you think everybody else is going to stay the same. No, someone, those points have to come from somewhere else. Okay, Brandon Ingram is a star. He's a star. Yep. Zion has the potential... We're looking at him, let's just call it like we see it, Mo. We're, we're expecting him to be a top 10 player. Yep. CJ McCullough is every bit a 20-point scorer. He's yep. done that, and now you're saying he's playing with two other All-Stars. You're saying he should have an easier time scoring. And it's let's not, not like he has to get double teamed. Let's not forget Jonas Valanciunas put up 18 and 12 last season. The, the, he needs okay. touches too. Okay, now the spacing. Who's going to pass the ball? Who's going to make sure everyone gets their touches? To me, this is going to be some type of concoction that they're going to have to figure out. And it may take some time. It kind of, you know, when you start adding this level of talented players, because they're going to, they respect one another. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're going to come there and look guys off. So I think they're going to, it's going to take some time to say, Who's the first guy? Who's the second guy? Who's the third guy? Who's the guy that may need to play more with the 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 backup players? You know, the players who are coming in off the bench. So I think this team will probably finish 
somewhere six. If they can finish fourth, that means they had a late surge. But I think early it's going to be tough because they have a lot of talent. You and, and Zion is going to disrupt. As as excited as I am, as excited as we are about the Zion returning healthy, I might add back to the lineup. I think it's going to be very disruptive to the team. And when you get someone back at that caliber, because the team is going to have to take on whether they want to or not, his personality. Why? Because he'll be one of, if not the best player on the team. Brandon Ingram is, I don't think he's going to be affected, but I think everyone else will be. And that's going to be a problem. That's interesting. You know, because they do have multiple scoring options all around the roster as well, because they've got Devontae Graham still coming off that bench, you know, and then they've got, obviously, Larry Nance Jr., great role player, Jose Alvarado, but the one player I'm most excited for, which may come as a shock, aside from Zion Williamson, I'm excited to see Herb Jones, because he really impressed me last season, especially on the defensive end. And I think this year, he could even have his name in that defensive player of the year conversation. Am I going too far with this from what we saw last season? No, based on what we saw last season. However, however, Mo, it's, it's, this is a new season. And mm-hmm. where is Herb going to play? I mean, Zion's got to play. CJ has to play. Mm-hmm. Uh well, we talk about we talk about teams going super big nowadays. So you could run a lineup of CJ at the one, Brandon Ingram at the two, maybe the tallest two guard in the league, Herb Jones at the three, Zion and JV. I like that. But what I don't like about this team is I think they're susceptible to pressure because they don't have a true lead guard on the floor. Yeah. That, See, do you think that- CJ McCullough, CJ McCullough, who's perhaps my favorite player mm-hmm. on the floor. He's I, I I love the way he plays. But if I just ask CJ McCullough to be a ball handler and distributor and take away his ability to score, I don't think you're going to get the best of. Mm-hmm. CJ can score that basketball with the best of them. Do I think he can mimic that position? Absolutely. Do I think he is a a responsible ball handler under pressure, under duress. Absolutely. But I'm not looking at him the same way I'm looking at other lead guards in this league who that's their bread and butter. Mm -hmm. CJ. All right. He can do it, but he's still, he's he's not a point guard. He's a scoring guard. He's a, he's a, he's he's this new age guard. He's a, so I, I, I think with CJ, with Brandon Ingram, with Zion there's only one ball so I think they're going to have to figure out how to really find the balance to make sure because JV you know I know he makes threes from time to time but I don't view him as a stretch five but he's a very capable scorer and remember, Memphis moved JV because they wanted to create more scoring opportunities for the rest of their roster. And that's why they got yes. Steven Adams in, who's kind of just more of set screens, grabbing rebounds. Exactly. So it's, it's interesting now that New Orleans are in that same position almost as Memphis, and they kind of wish they could get Steven Adams back maybe. But with Zion on the roster, you do need a big who can space the floor and protect Absolutely. the rim. So I think we're going to see how many threes did JV shoot last year? 
JV last year was putting up two threes a game. I think he's that's going to be an even higher number this year to account for Zion. But he's a really good he's a really good score on the box. Yeah, back to the basket. He's very good. He's got the good fundamentals. And, and with Zion, I don't see any bigs doubling Zion, <laughs> doubling JV coming off Zion. Let's leave Zion to go double. I don't see that happening. Because as soon as you do, Zion's cut into the hoop and dunk it right to the basket. Yeah. I don't see anyone leaving Brandon Ingram. I don't see anyone being CJ McCullough. And Herb is uh, is ex- so he, he don't even need to play on off. <laughs> he needs to play well, on offense. I think, that's what I'm saying. I think, they, like I think they're going to have to figure this one out. These I, are good problems to have. Yeah, but they're very difficult because you don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work. Mm. And with this group and someone, whether it's Zion or Brandon Ingram, because they're the best two players on the team, they're going to have to learn how to really pass the ball. Yeah. And accept double teams. So I think everyone's going to have to make adjustments. Um, and you know what? I, I think these are great problems to have. They're going to have to change their offense. They're going to have to have different spacing, different combinations. And this is going to be a new team. Even though you're adding, you're just adding Zion to me. That's you've that's added a trick. max player. You've added a number you've one big in the draft, and you yeah, already added- like that series against Phoenix. There were points throughout that series where I thought they could really pull this off against the who we thought up until that minus point was the Zion. Best team Look, in the NBA. We're yeah. saying this minus Zion, the number one team in the league last year. Yep. We're saying that. So I think it's exciting, but at the same time, this is going to require some patience because I really don't know the combinations. If you're just asking me now, like, what's the combination that's going to work? I have no idea. Maybe you play Zion at the five. And I, don't, I don't know what you're going to do with this team. You know, Zion, with his skill set being so unique, it allows, it affords to some very unconventional things. So what they used to love to do last season when they had J.J. Redick on the roster is they would run a screen roll with J.J. Redick screening for Zion. And then instead of rolling to the hoop, he would flare to the three-point line because you have to put two bodies on Zion when he's attacking full speed downhill, especially against a smaller defender that switched off JJ. So if it's someone like a Devontae Graham or a CJ McCollum, that adds new scoring opportunities to your game that you wouldn't perhaps had previously. So the offense may look completely different, adding in all different elements such as that. You see where I'm coming from with it? Right, right. right. So I agree. You know, you know, um, but what I will say to this is, you know, I spent some time with Zion earlier this summer and all the stories from last year that we discussed on the show uh, about how ridiculous that they were talking about, he's a bad teammate and all of this. He was actually around the team more than people realize. And this goes back to what we were saying at the top of the show with the sources and the media and everyone wanting to report and everyone's got their own layered agendas. But I have faith in this team. I think that they can put together a really, really strong season. And add to that, when you actually simulate the NBA using advanced software like NBA 2K23 that you can purchase through the link in our description. The Pelicans actually make it to the finals more often than you would think. So I'm very, very excited to see this Pelicans team. And the reason why is even if they take a while to figure it out, like you say, you know, finish sixth or fourth or whatever it might be, I look at their team and I think that they have a very, I don't know how to how to explain this with the right words. When you look at the Utah Jazz, the old Utah Jazz with Gobert and Mitchell, they had a great regular season team, but you looked at that roster and you knew that they would struggle in the playoffs. 
Whereas because these guys have CJ and Brandon Ingram, guys who can get cooking in that mid-range area that we see so important in the postseason, I think even if their seeding is a little bit low, they could cause an upset in that first round of the playoffs because of the way that their team's built. Having scorers that can get to their spots like Brandon Ingram, who's basically like a KD-like type player, and CJ McCollum, who's very experienced as a scorer in this league. Do you, do you see the same thing in terms of certain teams being more ready for the playoffs and the way that they constructed? Well, you know, Mo, I love to look at teams from, from the defensive perspective. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about the playoffs. This kid, Herb Jones, and the length that they have, and Larry Nance and all of those players, they have, they're a very athletic group. Yep. Defensively, I mean, they have length. They have athleticism. They've got Grand Theft Alvarado. Alvarado. How can we forget? It's never safe. Uh, what's, the, what's the big kid? The big kid. The Jackson big kid, Hayes. Uh, Jackson Hayes. They are a big team and mm-hmm. they're athletic and they're young. So, what, yes, they have exceptional scores. Make no doubt about it. Like Brandon Mingroom and CJ McCullough, those guys can score. But what they really have, they can defend mm-hmm. and they can match up with you. And they force you not only to be athletic yourself, they force you to be big. Mm-hmm. They force you to play big because those guys are they're 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 running, they're getting up and down. So now they're adding another big young athletic player in Zion, perhaps the best out of all, right? Is with his just pure yep. mass and size. Now you're looking at you're saying what could be. I like I like what they can do on the defensive end. And you know Willie Green. Yeah, Willie Green. <laughs> <laughs> what up, though? <laughs> Great so, coach. Yes. So, again, I think they're going to have some issues they got to work through. I really believe because they have so many players. And someone's not going to play from game to game. But Do you see them making a move at all during the season? If they start well, rolling, like- they say there's not enough touches to go around. We might have to move on player X. Well, just based on their roster construction, depending on what Willie decides to do and their staff, okay, I think a couple of things are going to happen. One, they're going to have to get a person that's committed to just distributing the basketball. Or two, they're going to play in a system where the system is going to demand ball movement, player movement, a la the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. I my, my way of thinking at it is saying I have to at least try to see if we allow our system to really dictate who's going to get the shot and get guys to bleep, to buy into that. Zion's a very underrated passer as well, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. But, but again, Zion, you know, Zion, I think is a 20 to 25 point score. Easy. I think he's a 20. And I think you're going to have to utilize his ability to play in tight spaces to attack the basket because I mean, he's just so exceptional when he gets the ball. I mean, he can attack the rim with his first step. So now if that is the case, you know, that, that responsibility lies more times than not on CJ McCullough. And the one thing I don't want to do is take away from CJ McCullough's ability to score because that young man can score. He could score. He could, he could, 
he could score. So it's like having Steph Curry and just asking him to be a, a point guard. No, with Steph Curry, it's got to be Steph Curry. We got to figure that that other part out now. Yep. The main is Steph Curry didn't become Steph Curry until they got Mon- Monte Ellis out there. Yeah, there's the same. Too is, many cooks spoil the broth. And well, that's that's okay. But again, they also have a person that's dedicated to running the offense. His mm-hmm. name is Draymond Green. Exactly. Now, I don't see. Valanchunas doing that. I don't see Zion. I don't see Brandon Ingram. You you got to figure this out. You know, you, you just got to, they have to figure out what's best for them. I don't know yet. I got to see it. I got to watch it. I got to watch the pre, you know what I mean? You got to watch it. You got to allow it to play itself out. So I like the problem. I just don't know where it's going to come, where the answer is going to come from at this moment. Hmm. I feel like it's a good luxury to have, especially with the health injuries, the health issues, sorry, the injuries that Zion has sustained. Maybe he might have to do a little bit of the load management that we talk about. You never know if, if something happened to, like what a luxury is if, you know, touch wood, it doesn't happen, but Brandon Ingram gets injured. You still have CJ there to provide some level of scoring. You see what I'm saying? It's like, it's good to have oh, these. I, I get that if they're and, on, but if they are, let's, but let's best case expect scenario. them to be, yes, for them to be there. Now, based on what we've seen in the season, look, guys are going to miss games. You come in and out. You know I love depth. Mm-hmm. You always hear me talk about depth. So they have depth. Yep. They have scoring. And they with these players, let's say they all play 65 games. This is that's a, that, Maybe that's the perfect scenario. Maybe they're best by subtraction. Mm-hmm. But let's come in with the idea that they're all going to be here. And I think if they are there and they're playing, you know, starter minutes, they're going to have to figure this one out. Yeah. I only have one problem, one major problem with the New Orleans organization. They need to take the name jazz back from Utah. Cause I know there ain't no damn jazz musicians in the city of Utah in Salt Lake city and this Pelican stuff. I don't want to buy a Jersey with the Pelicans face on it, bro. It's the worst. So I would like to see the Utah Jazz give the name Jazz back to New Orleans so we can have the New Orleans Jazz. Utah can be relocated to Seattle, seeing as they're trying to tank anyway. No one's going to go to the game. Utah could be real. Do you want to just, do you know how strong of a a, a fan base they have in Utah? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you just really say that, Mo? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because then All-Star Weekend can be relocated from Utah to anywhere else. Because I'm not trying to be in the cold climates, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, and looking out for my best interest. But I'm going to help you right, out right now mm. and moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but I think that, that, that the New Orleans Jazz would be a whole lot better than the New Orleans Pelicans. That's all I'm saying. Do whatever you want with Utah, but it should be the New Orleans Jazz. Let's just, it is what it is. Do you agree? You, you can't argue that one because they were originally yeah. the New Orleans Jazz. You can't argue that. I mean, it's the same it's, way with Charlotte being the Hornets and then New Orleans became the Hornets. So then they took the name back and replaced the Bobcats with the Hornets. That's just my little thing with the New Orleans Pelicans. I just think whoever was doing the branding for the Pelicans could have come up with something a little bit more fun or a little bit cooler than that. But that is another episode wrapping up one of the 30 teams in the NBA. Um, 
we've got a few more teams to go through. A few more first round playoff teams. Look forward to the rest of this week. Minnesota, Chicago, Brooklyn, Toronto, Atlanta, Denver, Utah. Then uh, we can move on to some playing teams. And then to the fans of the tanking teams who have been tweeting me over the last few weeks. We will get to your teams, but they're last in the pecking yes. order because they're just not as good. So Knicks fans and all you other fans of teams that aren't doing too well, just be patient and bear with us and we will get to your squad. And in the meantime, just make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the episode where we're talking about your team. BJ, which team that we haven't spoken about yet are you most excited to talk about? Out of any of the other, I think, 20 teams that are left. Besides my Detroit Pistons. No, that, uh, that, no I knew that's off the table. That's off the table. Yes. The Detroit episode, yeah. you guys aren't even going to hear my voice. That's just going to be BJ Armstrong's 30-minute monologue. Yeah, besides my Pistons, you know the team that I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for this year is, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes, and we're going to dive into them. So make sure you guys subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. And most importantly, until tomorrow, get buckets. <laughs>